welcome back to LP Parsha Podcast, your weekly Torah portion podcast. Each week we'll do a light dive into this week's Parsha, we'll zoom in on a passage that catches our eye, and we'll connect it back to Judaism and our own lives. This week's Torah portion is Matot Masay. Uh, as always, I'm one of your co-hosts, Paul Saleka, and as always, I'm joined by Aaron Rotenberg. Hey, Paul. Hey, Aaron. How we- are you doing? What? We are about to getting close to a long weekend. What are you doing for our long weekend in Canada? I am excited to travel to Westchester, Pennsylvania uh, for the Aleph Kala, which is the gathering of the large bi-yearly, usually bi-yearly, which means every other year, in this case, not twice in one year, every other year, large gathering from the Jewish Renewal Movement, which is where the movement in which I am training to become a rabbi. So it'll be the first gathering of this kind that I've been to. It hasn't happened in a bunch of years. Uh, and yeah, I'm looking forward to learning with some teachers that I really admire and hanging out with friends in a immersive Jewish environment. Uh, how's your long weekend looking? It's a big long weekend for me. My uh brother is flying in from Europe. So uh, we weren't sure what day he'd be coming by. So now we know it's the long weekend is when he's coming by. So um, I am going to do like we're going to do a a mini family road trip. My brother and his son are both going to camp. My brother will be a counselor and his son will be a camper. Uh, I don't know if they'll be in the same cabin. Well, like same. I don't know if there'll be groups together. Uh, so me and my mom are driving them to the camp and then driving back to Toronto. It's only 90 minutes each way, but uh, which I guess is nothing if you're used to commuting. Um, but that's going to be a very fun family road trip. I come from a very mm. talkative family, and we're even more talkative in a car. Anyone who's been with me in a car, just this talkative nature comes over me. Uh, so I'm excited for... Uh, us plus the next generation to be in our element. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's going to be the majority of my weekend. I'm going to, I guess, my brother and then me and my mom driving my brother up to camp, uh, up to camp, which I know camp is also ever present in your mind. You mentioned this last week. You, you literally went up to Ottawa for a day. Like, did you drive to Ottawa for a few, like, you for mentioned you were at camp. Did you nights. go all the way to Ottawa? To Perth, Ontario, in fact, which is just outside of Ottawa. Yeah. It's a lovely place to be. But how many days did you stay? Two nights. Oh, wow. One full day. That's commitment. I really love my spouse. <laughs> who's a camp director at camp. So she's spending a lot of time there. And as I was just mentioning, I'm going to be going away for a couple of weeks. And it seemed like a nice thing to do. Yeah, it is a nice thing to do. Just like uh, double recording a podcast too, so we can get ahead when we might be going on vacations and such. Oh yeah, cool. very logical. That's why you know we're talking about the obvious July first weekend. That's true. Uh, obvious if you're Canadian. Uh, if you're American, July fourth is around the same time. So this week's tour portion though is mm-hmm. a double header, which was exciting for me because I only learned the first half, and then you reminded me that's a double header. So I will be maybe learning with all of us as we go along. We'll teach you about the second half. (laughs) 
I'm going to learn all about the second half today. It looks like. Yeah. Um, so I will do kind of a, a elevator pitch summary. Uh, once okay. again, you know, helped out by our friends from Chabad Devor who make these beautiful summaries on their Parshiot website. Uh, so if you'll indulge me, this will be my elevator summary kind of taken from pieces of their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and according to their translation, Matot means tribes and Masay means journey. Probably like Masa, that's program. We'll go to exactly. Israel. So yeah. look at me making a connection. Um, you got it. So in this parsha, the last of the book of Numbers, uh, Moses tells about the laws of annulling vows. A war is raging against Midian. Uh, there's detailed account from the Torah about spoils, meaning like victory prizes for victories and how they're allocated. The tribes of, tribes of Reuben and Gad, and later joined by half of Manasseh, ask for the lands east of Jordan. And Moses is angered by this request. Um, and then the they mentioned that was Matot, and now we're in Massey. Great. Now we're in Massey. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, they uh, collide them in this summary. Uh, the forty-two uh, encampments are listed, uh, and the encampment is on the plains of Moab near the line of Canaan, and then the boundaries of the promised land. Uh, the daughters of Tzilchad marry with their own tribe. Uh, mm-hmm. So the state from which they inherit their father should not pass to the province or another tribe. And that is my elevator pitch summary. Um, and nice. thank you. I seem to recall, are these the women, the people mm-hmm. who fought for inheritance rights? Yes. We mentioned them in brief passing last week uh who are saying yeah or in the again in the in the summary and maybe we can talk about them because i think it's an interesting scenario where they say uh, our father died and they say he wasn't part of korach's rebellion which you may remember from the other a few weeks back who were, those people were punished for something bad so he wasn't one of those he was uh, a good fine guy he died for his own sins but you set up this whole inheritance system where you inherit through your father and our father's dead. So now we're not going to get anything just because we're women. That's not fair. And Moses is like, Hmm, it's another one of these interesting situations where Moses is like, I don't know what to do. You bring up a good point. I'm going to go ask God what to do. And God says in that case, or, uh, in Parshat Pinchas, it says, uh, yeah, listen to the daughters of Slavcha. Their complaint is good. Uh, you should let them inherit, even though they're women. And the Torah also like mentions all five of their names, uh, like giving them some importance because we don't always get so many women's names. So, uh, yeah, their names were, was it Mahla, uh, Tirza, Haglach, Milka? Uh-huh. Noah. Uh, and I know those nice. names because I remember a synagogue I used to be part of. One of the daughters of one of the presidents, her name was Noah. And I was like, oh, what a nice name. I just thought it was like Noah from Noah's Ark. And they were like, no, Noah was one of the first women to fight for inheritance rights in the Tanakh. Yeah. So I was like, oh, you know, so whenever you hear of 
uh, a female Noah, it's not always based on Noah's Ark. There is a Noah, uh, pronounced the same in mm-hmm. English. Is it spelled the same? Aaron, do you know? No, um, it's spelled differently in Hebrew. It's Noah, the way you pronounce it in English, and the Noah of the Ark in Hebrew is Noah. That's a different sound there. With a but head. what's happening here is a kind of disappointing outcome. Because like at the end, when we hear it there, it's like, oh yeah, fighting for women's inheritance rights. And then like God's like, yeah, women should be able to inherit. But then what happens here at the end is they all marry within their own tribe. So like it kind of is keeping things within the status quo and not really like letting them have the same way of furthering the inheritance the way a male might be able to. So, okay. Let's zoom in on that That's line. Then. Let's go to, let's go to numbers 36, 11, uh, 11, 12, 13. I think that's where it happens, right? Uh, that's where, that's where it happens. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So why don't I read the English? We'll rotate 11, 12, 13, English and Hebrew. Okay. So Machlach, Tirzah, Haglach, Milka, and Noah married their cousins. Vetehiena Machla, Tirza, Vichogla, Umilka, Vinoa, Benot Slovchad, Livne Dodehen, Lenashim. They married into the families of the sons of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and their inheritance remained with the tribe of their father's family. These are the commandments and the ordinances that the Lord commanded the children of Israel through Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan at Jericho. That's what you say when you're reading Torah in public and uh, you finish the end of the book. This is the last line that we just read of the book of Numbers. Feels good. How many more books do we have left? One book left. Just one left. Mm -hmm. Wow. I feel like Deuteronomy and, you know, we'll probably talk about it, but I feel like I hear that name in biblical criticism a lot too, like, the Deuteronomists. Oh, yeah, the Deuteronomists. They do talk about it's his own book with, with his own style. And we can hopefully we'll get into that in future weeks. But also here in or maybe we want to say more things about Benot Slavchad. It's, yeah. it's uh, presented here, right? It's like, OK, few because you thought that maybe this women inheriting things could like mess everything up. But then what about all the way that we've already been like working out that all the tribes would just each tribe would have his allotment. What if then like. Uh, somebody from the tribe of Benjamin married one of these Benot Slavchad from the tribe of Menashe, then that person, what would happen? Would they, then that, that piece from Benjamin would get incorporated into Menashe because it would be inherited through these women. And then they would like mess all, all the whole system up. So this is trying to assure you like, no, they married within their tribe, didn't mess anything up. Not to worry the end of the pressure. <laughs> The end of the book. <laughs> it's good because I was Just on... not leave that hanging for you. <laughs> pins and needles. Like, uh, 
I wonder if like, I know you've talked a lot about biblical criticism. Do you think it's one of those things that maybe someone added the last mm-hmm. line later where they're like, Bridget, like it was about women getting inheritance. And then they're like, you know what? Let's undo that because it doesn't mesh with the values. Maybe. I do feel like sometimes that it does feel like you kind of see the seams, right? Like why couldn't somebody, if they didn't like that part, why couldn't they just erase it? But there's sometimes like, no, we can't erase it. We just have to like add something else to balance it out. It does feel a little bit like that to me. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know any specific biblical criticism sort of research about this piece, but it seems possible to me. So, you know, as we've uh, come towards the end of the book of Numbers too, like maybe you could give us a little bit of a refresh as to what we've just read through over the book of Numbers. I recall it had its own kind of structure and theme mm-hmm. and things we talked about. Like, uh, I think also just for kind of memory's sake, if you'd be able to kind of rehash what we just read as a book, it might be helpful just for piecing it all oh, together. Yeah. Uh, I think that's also kind of what's happening in Mus A. Uh, which, as we said, means journeys. And you like noted that there's the 42 stops that the Israelites uh, took while they were wandering in the desert. And uh, most of what we've been reading have been kind of the adventures or the journeys that the Israelites took Bamidbar, just to keep your name for the Book of Numbers, while they've been hanging around for most of the 40 years in the desert. That was like the last sweep of time that we've been dealing with. It started, we had a few, like the first 10 chapters of the book, Books of Numbers were kind of still in the like, well, let's give you all the Levitical sort of laws. The tabernacle was just built. Uh, we have a few more things to tell you about how that went. But then we hear, heard all sorts of different stories about, I mean, I think we spoke about the structure of like, the Israelites often complaining about something and then Moses or God, somebody getting angry. And then this kind of format happens in various things Uh, that the spies look at the land and the people start complaining. Why did you bring us here? And then God gets mad, sends them wandering for four years. There's no water. People get mad. The, Korach and his friends were like, you have too much power, Moses and Aaron. All these sorts of things, there's kind of like a, a complaining theme uh, and it gets dealt with over and over again. But we're at the end of the road and ready to go into the promised land. Also, like in the last few parts, there's been this sort of sense, I think, of getting ready as well. Like Aaron and Miriam die and God's also telling Moses, like, uh, in this, in Matot, like, tells him to, like, go look out in the lands. You're not going to go into it. And says one last thing. You just, like, need to, I'm still upset at Midian for, like, sending you guys astray. And we also have that, he says, because of Bil'am, this uh, prophet that's trying to curse uh, the people that we read about the other week. So it feels like it's also like the book is helping gear us up to the end. And it does feel a little bit strange because it's just one book and it feels like, you know, we went through it pretty quickly because we we had Exodus and Leviticus. Book of Numbers is only one book and Deuteronomy. They're all taking place in the desert, but most of the other books are like happening, right? The Exodus narrative kind of happens 
basically within a year. And then Leviticus is kind of like all imagined as happening, like while they're building or just when the tabernacle's ready. It's like also in the same like year, early time in the desert. And then this book of Bamidbar is like 40 years of time. And then the book of Deuteronomy that we're about to read is like just the final speech of Moses, which is, you know, maybe a few days. It's almost like these books are getting slower and slower because like Genesis says so many, so many things happen over so many generations and then it kind of gets slower and slower and slower and slower as we get closer to our time. Mm-hmm. Like it's a sort of, yeah, yeah I don't know, uh, dissension into, into the present, you know, like how something, how a baby in the uterus kind of, it's almost like goes through evolution really quickly and then kind of slows down its forming a little bit closer towards the end when it looks like a person. And then, you know, we start to, it's, it's with humans too, like we change a lot and then we start to age slowly. I think we talked about how we we're yeah. at the beginning of our aging and we're kind of slowly aging. Like we're now this process of our lives is the longest part of our lives. Um, although I guess mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's, is that the opposite in a way? No, I don't know. But, um, it's kind of nice to tie it together about, you know, thinking about our legacies, you know, through the conversation of inheritance and then thinking about it and connect it to the other books, you know, from the big picture to the smaller and smaller and smaller picture. I think that's a kind of really nice place to kind of leave this book of numbers then, you know? Yeah. It's been nice studying it with you, Paul. Yeah. Nice to with you too. To me next week. Yeah. Next week or uh, whenever you're back from your, I left trip, although that won't impact our recording because we'll, we report so far in advance. Um, so with that being said, uh, as always, I've been Paul Saleka. And I'm Aaron Rotenberg. Until next time. Until next time.